With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is Julio Rodriguez, and this is the Lookout Landing Podcast. podcast with your hosts Quarantina Fay and Amy Loner. I just came up with that like 20 minutes ago and I was pretty proud of it to be honest. Uh, I started with Ike and Quarantina and then I realized that Ike was a really bad dude and we should not be using that as our nickname but uh yeah Ike is entirely canceled. (laughs) Yeah extremely canceled. Um, Like everything else in life but this time for a good reason. Yeah actually yeah great point um but yeah anyway I'm Matthew Robertson at mroberson22 on Twitter, and I'm joined today by the one and only Kate Prusser, at Kate Prusser on Twitter. Kate, do you want to be Quarantina Fay or Amy Loner? Uh, I think I am more of a Quarantina Fay, um, although I would like to be Amy Loner, which is also much more appropriate <laughs> to who I am. Um, who do you want to be? I was going to let you pick. I don't really have a preference. I think they're both great, very funny people. I don't know which one I would identify with more in life. I feel like Amy Poehler, from what I can gather, is a little less of a theater kid. Like, Tina Fey seems like very, like, theater nerd, which I was not at all. So I feel like I'm probably a little more similar to Amy Poehler. I don't know. That's kind of a loose connection. I just think of them in terms of their, like, 
major roles and I'm definitely more of a Liz Lemon than I am a Leslie Nope. I feel like you have some Leslie Nope energy. You're a go-getter. You're optimistic. Um, Trying. <laughs> she's, he, what, what more can we ask from you, Matthew, or from any of us? Forget this writing King Lear in quarantine. Like, a day when I put pants on is a big day. Write yeah. that one down in the diary. I've been totally, as I'm sure a lot of the, the work from home army is, I've been kind of alternating between, like, comfy outfits and then, like, l- a little less comfy, like, feels more like I'm actually getting dressed, you know? Because, like, if I have to actually do a lot of stuff at work, and by at work I mean from my kitchen counter, I feel like it helps my brain to, like, put on a real shirt and then I'll just be wearing sweatpants <laughs> underneath it, you know? I look very weird a lot of the times during this. I'll, like walk to the bathroom and sort of glance at myself in the mirror it's like I haven't like my hair looks ridiculous but I'm wearing a a semi nice shirt and then like pajama pants and fuzzy socks I'm like oh this is a look (laughs) this is good for productivity (laughs) quarantine looks um there is a writer Rachel Smysine uh who writes for the New York Times or New Yorker and is has instituted quarantine but make it fashion on Sundays where everyone like pulls the fanciest outfits that they can out of their closets and puts them on on Sundays so it's an excuse to like be a little bit of a human and people have taken it like really kind of far like one woman has instituted like Sundays with they dress for dinner like they're on some kind of like old-fashioned cruise ship or something <laughs> um which I feel like is definitely helping helping a lot of people. So if you want an excuse, and then there's a long Twitter thread where people like post their quarantine hashtag quarantine but make it fashion looks. So if that's something that uh, appeals to you, that or you just want to see a bunch of people wearing sequins for no good reason, definitely check that out. Yeah, I'll have to get into that. I've been discovering my love for pajamas again. I was a big pajama pants person in my teens not like to school or anything I wasn't one of those kids but I would definitely like wear them to sleep wear them to sleep and then come home from school and immediately change back into them and just kind of lounge around and I've definitely been doing that all over again and some of them are probably from that era like at least 10 years old that I've just held on to for that long yeah you know I had pajama thunderdome um very conveniently, right before I was scheduled to go to Arizona for spring training, I realized I needed to upgrade a pair of sleep pants that I've had for like a decade that were literally just being held apart, held together by threads at the seams. They were so ridiculous, but they fit perfectly. They were so comfortable. I just kind of overlooked the like crater sized holes in them. Um, I was like, okay, I really, really need to probably invest in it. But it's hard to find, like, a perfect pajama pant. And I went through, like, ten different options before I found a few good ones. Um, But what I realized was I really wanted to do matched pajama sets so that I didn't feel... Because I do spend a lot of time in pajamas anyway. Um, So I went through and I, like cleared out any of the pajamas that sort of made me feel sloppy when I had them on and now I have a lot of like matched sets and stuff that is in pretty good shape it's so easy I'm saying to let your pajamas get um make you make you feel sloppy because they are holy or they 
are ill-fitting or they're very old. So something I recommend to everyone as we are we are doing this quarantine thing for who knows how much longer. And you're probably also spending a lot of time in your pajamas. It's have pajama Thunderdome, uh, you know, hold two pairs up and be like, only one of you may live. And <laughs> then, uh, you know, discard the losers. It also yeah. makes you feel powerful, which I think is something that we, we could all use right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, my advice to everyone is just, like, do whatever works for you. There's no, like, recipe out of this. Obviously, none of us have ever had to do this before. So it's, like, whatever you think will help your own brain get through this extremely strange time, absolutely do that. For me, it's been a lot of finally watching things that people have told me to watch forever and like that list is just it's so long like I literally keep a list in my phone of things people tell me to watch and I I just now what is it seven years later I'm watching Nathan for you which is like one of those shows that I knew I would like and for whatever reason I've never watched it until right now and I'm just delighted by it every single night and like that's one of the things I actually look forward to when I like quote unquote clock out for the day and like close my work computer then I just put on like two or three episodes of Nathan for you and laugh my ass off. I have, I've never seen that. I'll have to add that to my list. I just added some to your list because you told me you'd never seen any Audrey Hepburn films and she's one of my favorites. So make you watch Roman holiday. And yeah, we got nothing but time. I mean, it's that or just walk around aimlessly in a contained area that does not extend beyond my neighborhood. <laughs> I started the, I was like, oh, finally a chance to learn SQL and I'll learn Spanish and uh, I'll exercise and I'll do all these. And I mean, what that has translated for me is like, um, I listen to a lot of Bad Bunny and I'm like, this checks off like three of these things at once. <laughs> gotten gotten really into bad bunny um like that's that's learning spanish like check so yeah do 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 what works for you should i be adhering to a more rigorous spanish program probably like i have all this time and i guilt myself constantly about the fact that i could be doing more than like watching frozen in spanish and (laughs) listening to reggaeton uh, neither of those things, I think, are maybe going to give me the kind of baseball Spanish vocabulary that I need. But, you know, it feels like doing something and it's something that, like, my brain can handle. Whereas I looked at a page from an old Spanish workbook and my brain was like, nope. So, yeah, do, don't ask, set achievable goals for yourself. Things that you'll find are fun and not more work on top of the work you might already have to do yeah i've been saying that the whole time there's no reason to create more work for yourself during this have you seen that thing that people are doing um i've seen it come across my twitter timeline a couple times where people are like running marathons in their own backyard just like they'll run to one end of the backyard and then run to the other and do that until they're at 26 miles that is truly insane person behavior to me i cannot (laughs) ever doing that I can never run a marathon either, yes. so like, that's obviously part of it. But doing it in that small of a space would feel like, like a hamster, you know? Yeah, so the problem is this is running season. Um, this is when a lot of... I mean, this is sort of prime time because uh, the weather is nice everywhere. You're not getting killed with humidity on the East Coast or whatever. So this is when there are a lot of marathons, half marathons, um, 
it's kind of the beginning and then it goes through the summer and um, into the fall but people can't really do that so they're they've hacked these ways to train at home which I think is really smart um, I get a little nervous when I'm out walking and someone runs past me and they're like huffing and puffing so we're just I would love to see a solution for runners where they're like okay we're gonna close these streets to traffic every Sunday and you runners can all go run your faces off like keeping your social distance but here you can do it in this one like square area and um, just because I I feel bad for the people who are running literally there was an ultra marathon event where you're supposed to run just like a four mile loop around your house and then stop and do as many as you could in a 24 hour period oh my gosh why would you do that uh, but yeah, I'm not doing to that. you if you are doing that yeah I'm a very inconsistent runner uh, I tried to get into it like a year ago because I figured it'd be like good free exercise that you can do on your own terms you know you don't need any equipment or like a gym or whatever but I, I'm just really bad at sticking to it but literally yesterday, one day ago, I went for a run and someone who lives in my neighborhood texted me and said that they saw me and I felt extremely validated. Like, yes, yeah, someone witnessed me during this weird time actually getting outside and bettering myself. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then actually that was a double thing because then she said, also, if you like are still out there, go look at the moon. And I didn't know about the super moon until she said that. So I went outside and looked at it for a little bit. And that was also really cool. So it's kind of a two birds situation. You had a two for there. Yeah, the moon was incredible uh, last night. I feel like one thing that I do do is um, I check in with the moon every day. I'm like, what's the moon doing? Because, again, small world now. Um, so that's been cool, too, to kind of, like, get in touch with, like, what the... That's, how... that's a convenient way of marking time because I don't always remember what actual day of the week it is. Every, like, they all kind of blend in for me. Uh, so looking at the moon, I'm like, it, oh yes, the it time has passed because the moon is a different shape now. That's uh, fun. Yeah, I still can't decide either if like the because it's pretty nice in Seattle right now, and I can't figure out quite yet if that's good or bad for being in this situation. You know what I mean? Like, I think oh, if it was bad. still, it's bad. You think it's bad? Oh, I think it's 100% bad because Seattleites have such a hard time staying inside when it's nice out. And I'm looking out the window right now and it is gorgeous today. So first of all, that feels mean. And secondly, I just, I really think people are going to struggle with this because so many people don't have access to outside space and we're all trying to use the same space at the same time when there is like this window when it's nice. So gosh just everyone be really careful out there yeah the other sort of weird irony to this is like i was already a walker like i just love walking around that's usually when i listen to podcasts too is like i just will start walking because i can't really like sit and listen to a podcast and i don't really have a like a long commute so i don't really have like a natural time to listen to them so i'll just kind of like walk around for an hour and throw on a podcast but now during the quarantine there's more people out doing the same thing than yeah. there were before so it's like 
oh like now you guys found my my like hobby i'm not trying to be like a gatekeeper but like oh now you're doing it now you're doing it when like we're actually kind of not supposed to like this has been an option the whole time you know and like now like i'll go on the exact same path that i always go on and see three times the amount of people and it's like you guys are just doing this because the government told you you should yeah um it makes me very Italian mayor about the whole thing. Oh, what? Now you're a marathon runner. Yeah. Now you are a podcast listener. Uh, although, I don't know. If it drives more listens for this, I guess we can't really complain. But That's a great it point. It does make yeah. me wonder, though. Like, are people just out getting more excerpt? Like, why are... Because I've noticed this, too. Just kind of, like, anecdotally looking out my window. There are... So, I live on a, a quiet road that's, like, away from the main road. So a lot of people opt for it as like, it runs parallel. So it's like a nice safe option for walkers. Um, and there are just so many more people on it than there, it's usually pretty well trafficked, but there are so many more people out. And I'm like, where are all these people coming from? Like, where were they getting their, these must be gym people, right? Because all the gyms are closed. So like, we're just redirecting the gym people onto the streets. I think so. What I've noticed is, yeah, definitely the gym people who are, like, in the full athleisure wear or whatever, <laughs> like, I guess not even leisure, full athletic wear. And then I also see a lot of people walking around with their kids, like, their kid will be on, like, a little scooter or a bike. Yeah. And, like, that one makes it's the most sense to me because it's, like... Outdoor time. Yeah, and, like, I'm sure being trapped inside with kids all day is a nightmare. So everyone who's doing that, you are you are the real MVP of the quarantine. Shout people out. with children. You're... Yeah. Stay sane, please. <laughs> Okay. There should be some kind of rebate program for them, like... <laughs> Give your kids back? <laughs> yes. The theoretically. I meant ex extra money for them to, like, go out and, you know, get a babysitter and go out on the town. Like, you should get more the younger your children are. That's my... Oh. And I would like to announce my candidacy for president. I feel like it's I a mean, good time for that. Yeah, it's pretty bleak otherwise, so Kate, if you can sneak in there, I think you could steal some last-minute votes. <laughs> oh, I bet you there are some people who dropped out of the Democratic primary who are, like, trying to figure a way back in at this point, because what more do people have to do than listen to other people talk right now? Uh, <sighs> sorry, speaking of which, you were trying to, like, direct us, you were trying to shepherd us in the direction of doing what we're actually supposed to be doing, which is talking about baseball, so. Yeah, all I was going to say is that this is a baseball podcast, and that there's there's no baseball yeah, in sight, which is the harsh reality. Yeah, theoretically, baseball is just, yeah, there's an asterisk next to it for the foreseeable future, because we have no idea if it will even exist, but... Uh, so obviously, as this is a baseball podcast and there is no baseball to talk about, we are we have been forced to crowdsource shamelessly. I will say we are letting <laughs> all of our listeners do the work here, um, and we put out a question on Twitter as we normally do. But instead of them being, "Oh, what did you think when you watched this person?" They're just questions about sort of the general state of baseball in this weird time. Like, there's no like. What do we think about so-and-so's pitch arsenal anymore? All of those questions are gone. These are now questions about quite literally anything, because what we asked for. So thank you to everyone who submitted their question, particularly this one from Corbin McDonald at Just Corb, because it actually is something that I wanted to talk about with Kate anyway. 
So thank you, Corbin. Corbin's question says, in your opinions, how accurate are the Mariners player ratings in the show and out of the park baseball? I have not played either of these games, but I know that Kate Prusser on the other line has played them. So Kate, have you, first of all, have you been playing with the Mariners? And if so, what do you think of their ratings? Uh, so huge caveats apply here. I'm not totally the best person to talk to about this, honestly. Um, because, and I think I've mentioned this before, I am extreme. I never held a PlayStation controller until about two weeks ago. So three weeks, I don't know, time. Um, anyway, I've not played games really. So I'm learning all of this very slowly. Uh, in the show, I'm very bad at the show, which does actually require some, like, hand-eye coordination to get the pitching things right. So I'm just still going through and teaching myself that, um, where I've been playing as a creative player. My my dream of being a major league pitcher has finally come true. And so I've been playing Road to the Show, which um, I would say, like, when you play Road to the Show, you come up with, like, a pretty weird cast around you like I'm only I think I'm in my second or third year and I've been called up and it's like the rotation is me Marco you say and then some weird Nestor Cortez I think um, and then Noel V Marte is my shortstop and he's excellent which is fantastic but then there's like Jake Shiner and a bunch of like creative players so I don't know that I can really speak to how um, how accurate the the overall picture is of the Mariners in the show just yet. Uh, that would be a better question for Joe Doyle, and we'll get him to talk about that at some point um, as we all kind of get into the show. What we have been doing a lot of is playing out-of-the-park baseball OOTP, which is a baseball simulation game. Anyone can play it, and all you need is a computer and some dollars to purchase it, which conveniently enough, if you do, use the code LOOKOUTLANDING, you get a 10% discount. Um, We published like a whole guide on how to play out of the park baseball, because I had never done it before, so if if you're just starting out, that's a guide that's there for you that will kind of walk you through it, because it's pretty overwhelming. Matthew, have you looked at... Have you been tempted to play or buy out of the park? Or do you want to? Are you interested in that at all? So, out of the park baseball, there's no actual gameplay, right? No, it's it's a sim. I mean, you can play, you can like manage the game sort of pitch to pitch, but it's not like the show where you're like push a button to swing a bat, that kind of thing. Okay, yeah. Then I'm not interested. I like the actual <laughs> playing the game part. Uh, I mean, I know, like, I have played other sports games in the past. I've never played the show because I don't have a PlayStation. But, like, my favorite part of the sports games are actually playing the game. So, no, I don't have much of an interest in Out of the Park Baseball. Yeah, Out of the Park is really about... um, It's really about the... If you like prospects, it is an excellent game for you to play. So, I think that despite the fact that I'm not good at games, like, kind of my knowledge of prospects has helped out in that case um i would say that the show is like pretty what we're finding and we're gonna publish an article about this uh what we're finding is the show is pretty you get different uh different things happen every time 
you play, obviously, but the show has been pretty consistently high on Jared Kelnick. Like, we have all, there are, I don't know, five or six or seven of us all playing it, and all of our Jared Kelnicks have gone on to do amazing things. Like, he is always a star in these games, which has been pretty fun. Um, Logan Gilbert has not fared as well in a lot of them. So the show, like, values some attributes pretty highly, and it values others lowly. Uh, Julio has been sometimes very, very good, and sometimes has really struggled as he's gotten... So, I mean, it kind of just depends. Um, but we've really been enjoying playing, and we're going to start to publish some more results of, like, individual simulations. I think, actually, Tim... Tim? Did Tim write one? I think Tim has one up today. That, yes, Seattle Mariners hire Lookout Landing as GM manager, which one can only dream, right? Yeah, I think that that element is, is really cool, like how you can take over everything. Like in past video games, at least the ones that I was playing as a kid, like you can do the whole like you control the entire system down to the minor leagues, but those guys are completely made up. Like the fact that they have real players like yeah. Noel V. Marte does seem really cool. Oh, they have real they have real players down to like Gun Omasako and Jonathan Classe out of our DSL. I mean, they have like the actual full rosters uploaded, uh, which is again for a prospect nerd, really really fun. Um, unfortunately, it also means I'm like kind of bad at the game because I refuse to trade all of these guys. I will not let any of them go. Every time a trade proposal comes through for Julio or Jared, I just laugh in its virtual face. Um, which is bad because the, the system is not obviously going to like regard all of these guys as highly as I do. Uh, sometimes Evan White turns out a star, sometimes he doesn't. Like, it really just kind of depends on how the sim goes. Um, so yes, I would say that, uh, and again, I can only speak to the prospects because when I play, the first thing I do is trade away the entire major league roster. Um, as far as the prospects go, of course, I personally have them all graded much, much higher than the than the game does. Obviously, yeah. My uh, my video game playing kind of screeched to a halt after college, which I'm fine with. Like, I don't I don't think I need like that's the missing piece of my life. Or anything, <laughs> but the only ones I've like played with regularity since college are MVP Baseball 2005, which kind of a if you know you know situation like people who grew up with it like me will regard it as like the best baseball video game of all time even though it's horribly outdated now um, but I, I was playing that on the GameCube because my roommate my old roommate had a GameCube and then he selfishly took it when he moved out even though it Ugh. was his which is yeah a bummer <laughs> it's still rude so I'm left with my Xbox 360 that I've had for like seven years and the only game I play like quite literally the only game I play is NCA football 2014 which is the last one they ever made before the government stepped in and put a ban on fun um, <laughs> but it is like the fact that it's the last one means it's like the best you know in terms of like gameplay and graphics and all that and you also get like people who you remember like Johnny Manziel is in it as Texas A&M quarterback number two you know like you can't actually use their names but you know who all of them are right. so that's pretty fun for the for the Huskies out there, Austin Safarian Jenkins, the tight end, is ASJ. absolutely 
he is unstoppable in this game. I think he might be like one of the best tight ends. So like you can just throw it to him on any play and he'll catch it. It's infuriating. Um, so I play that game a lot. That game's really fun. But other than that, like if I don't think I need to like buy a PlayStation just to have the show. You know, if I already had a PlayStation, I probably would have bought it by now. But I don't want to make that whole switch. I've been pretty loyal to Xbox since I was a kid. And so like I said, I'm also just switch. not really playing video games. You don't, no, I don't have a switch. You're not part I, of this, like, Animal Crossing. Because I, I sort of vaguely hear... I've heard that uh, the show, or that OOTP is just Animal Crossing for people who know what war is. And that yes. feels accurate from what I can understand about um, well, Animal Crossing. But I don't, I don't understand, like, half the conversations that take place on Twitter anymore because I don't know what Animal Crossing is. Yeah, from what I can gather, you're basically, like, living uh, just, like, a normal life, like, a very mundane life, but you're an animal, and, like, you have to, like, go to work and do chores, and then the money that you earn goes to some, like, raccoon guy. That's, like, what I've seen from Twitter, and I'm not really trying to learn any more about it, but (laughs) it seems like I get why people are playing it now, because it seems, like, kind of tedious, and, like, you don't have to, like, it just feels like a good substitute for actual life when there is no actual life anymore. So I get it, but I'm also, like, I'm not going to play it. And I also have, like, kind of an interesting relationship to video games because when I was a kid, my parents were, like, vehemently against all of the, like, shooting and violence ones. Sure, I know sure. that Animal Crossing is not that at all. But... <laughs> unless, uh, unless it's been very badly misrepresented by the people yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, my parents were, like, absolutely – as they were both lawyers, so they were just, like, the very concept of a game called Grand Theft Auto was, like, abhorrent to them. <laughs> <laughs> so I would only play sports games. Those were the only games that they would buy for me. So then when I became an adult who, like, could buy my own at a certain point, I, like, never had any interest in buying any of the shooter games because I didn't have, like, a reference point for them, and I also didn't want to then put in the effort to get good at them, you know? Because if you're playing online against people who have been playing that game since they were 10 years old, you're just going to get demolished so i've stuck to sports on the video game circuit for my entire life i was very much that kid in your college dorm who would like play super smash bros with everyone because they wanted to be included but was just button mashing the entire time like i had no (laughs) idea how to do any of the moves i was falling off the map left and right just dying in the stupidest ways so uh i'm surprised that you didn't go like full rebellious and just completely like i grew up with a friend who or who didn't her parents didn't let her have any sweets ever like she couldn't ever have sweets and so when she got to college like all she did i used to sleep in her bed sometimes when we had sleepovers she went to a different school than i did and i'd like reach my hand under a pillow and come out with like a giant bag of like half melted reese's pieces Uh. it was like living with a squirrel in some ways like just open her bathroom cabinet and there'd be like a box of blow pops on the shelf like so weird why do you do this well i think Uh, yeah lesson for the parents out there don't give your kids a mug of frozen peas and tell them it's ice cream since they were born they will not grow up healthy (laughs) well i think the interesting part about the video game thing you mentioned like i don't think i had any inkling to rebel and like just become really in the call of duty or whatever because i think the reason that people are into that sort of thing is because they grew up with it. Like, I feel like it would be hard to develop mm. that part of your brain, that sort of, like, 
kind of aggro for lack of a better term like you know like violent in a virtual way that doesn't really happen unless you are playing the game so if you don't ever have it i don't think your brain develops to say i would love to shoot an alien in the face right now you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I mean there's that argument about like do video games desensitize us to violence i don't know if like an alien popped up in the middle of the show if i would feel comfortable with with shooting it but i will say that when alex bregman came up in my game mother night I wanted so badly to strike him out, like, more than I've wanted anything in a really long time. And when I did, I actually, like, let out kind of a war whoop, even though, obviously, I'm playing the game on beginner level. Like, I probably could have struck him out with any pitch, but I just, oh, man, the rush of adrenaline from doing, uh, yeah, so I kind of get it, but it is weird to come to it as an adult and basically be trying to learn this language that a lot of people just grew up knowing because i understand so little about how to how to make it all work so anyway sorry if that was a bad answer to that question um about how the mariners are rated because i am not an expert but i will get joe to to try to give a more detailed uh perspective at some later point right as long as they're valuing all the prospects the exact way we want them to it sounds like it's a it's a win for all of us Yes, five stars for everyone. Five stars for all my favorites. (laughs) Let's move to another question on Twitter from the Lady Jane. This is a fantastic question, so thank you, Jane. Yeah. They said if you were, if you were quarantined with four Mariners from any time period and only had one Mariner game to watch with them, which Mariners do you choose and which game? I kind of have a cop-out answer to this. Like, I'm going to pick a very obvious game with some very obvious Mariners, but I think it would be the best possible experience. So if you have a more off-the-beaten-path answer, I was going to let you go first. No. No? Okay. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be boring, like I said. I'm just going to pick Game 5 of the 95 ALDS, and I want to watch it with Griffey, Edgar, A-Rod, and Joey Cora. I mean, not A-Rod, sorry. Griffey, Edgar, Randy Johnson, and Joey Cora because they were all heavily involved in that game. I think it'd be fun. I've always been, like, I love when MLB Network will do that, where they actually break down the game with the people who were involved. I think they've done that, actually, for the the game I'm talking about, but they did it with yeah, David Cohn. Yeah, that, um, that Mariners, I think they have, but also that Mariners special that they did just about the 95 team just a little while ago, which, if you haven't seen, I yeah. recommend going and looking up, because it's it's pretty brilliantly produced. Um, it is, yeah. The documentary that Kate's talking about is very good. I was not there. Yes. I was not there, but I was old enough to watch it on TV and understand what was happening and stuff. For you, Matthew, that's something that's very, really far outside your life experience. So in a lot of ways, I think it would be like being able to sit there with the players themselves would be the closest you could get to living through that game the first time it happened oh yeah absolutely but i think the interesting part for me would be because i was saying like the the documentary that you mentioned is fantastic and i would encourage everyone to watch it and they do talk obviously at length about that game but mlb network also used to do this thing i think it was just their like mlb's greatest game series where they would take great games and this game was included in that series and they would actually sit down with people who played in the game and have them kind of break it down inning by inning so they did that for 
this for this game, but they had David Cohn as the guest who was on the losing team, and it wasn't that cool. I was like, this guy's gonna be he has negative <laughs> he has negative memories about this game, and like the biggest moment is when they leave him in to pitch to Doug Strange, and he walks him, and that's when they take David Cohn out, and you can tell like he doesn't want to talk about that. He's like very oh. like scarred by it. Um, so I, I think if they were to essentially do that, but with the four Mariners that I mentioned, which will never happen because they're just, it's so hard to get all these people in the same room, but if right. I could also, watch, if you really want to be quarantined, remember you have to be quarantined with them. So you, I mean, quarantined with Edgar, obviously fantastic quarantined with Randy Johnson. I don't know. I don't know if I would want to do that. First of all, really? he's huge. He's going to eat all the snacks. Secondly, yeah, like true. he is kind of a a firebrand personality. Like I want See, that's what I was going to say. Mellow. I think that was I think that was his athletic persona. He seems very mellow from his post-playing career. All he does is just take pictures of stuff and like he like his speaking voice is very calming to me. I don't know if other people have that reaction probably cuz a lot of people do associate him with like screaming and pumping his chest on the mound. But when I hear him talk, I like I think he has like a very like soothing kind of hmm. incantation to a lot of things he says. That ASMR might just be me. <laughs> kind of, yeah. It is kind of that, and like he is obsessed with photography, which is like a yeah. very zen hobby. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I could buy it. Um, I think I have a different answer now that I think about it, and I think that what I would want to watch with players is the comeback game against the Padres from 2016. When they had like the improbable double-digit run comeback, yeah, that's a good uh, and choice. I don't, <clears throat> and I think uh, Deho Lee was on that team, so obviously Deho has to be a choice. Uh, and Leonis, who was like the the Leonis Martin, who was like the huge driver at the heart of that. I love that 2016 team so much. They were. So I, <laughs> I say I feel like I say this every other year but they, i really felt like they had an opportunity to do it so like nelson cruz leonis and and deholi and maybe i could get some paxton in there too just to just because he i think he's low-key like extremely funny and i would enjoy being quarantined with him had leonis would probably get old after a while he is would be bouncing off the walls but uh, just for the experience of rewatching that game, which he didn't even play in, I, as I recall. He was just on the top step of the dugout the entire time. Uh, that is the most fun I've had watching a Mariner game in... It just has such a special place in my heart. It was, I think, that the, the most fun I have had watching a Mariner game in the past four or five years. So That's a good somebody's choice, too, gonna, because... Somebody's going to well actually at me on that and come up with a game that I have more fun at. But as far as, like experiences that really stick out in my memory that weren't like a no hitter you know any of the obvious ones that's definitely one of them the one that comes up the most right i think that's also a good choice because it was pretty long so you get to kill a lot of time during the quarantine you yeah. know like i've yeah. been doing that with other things like i was never really a big documentary person but i've been gravitating towards documentaries especially longer ones because it's like it feels like i'm learning something and also it's just great to kill two and a half hours you know especially if it's like a series one where it's like basically just tv episodes and like you have to watch the next one to find out the next big thing i've been doing yeah. that a lot so i think this is kind of the baseball version of that where every inning is like oh how many runs do they score now because you forget the details when you go back and watch 
old games. Like, you know, they win, but you don't remember who got the hit where, like what happens, what pitchers come in and all that. So that would be fun to sort of go through again. For sure. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. For sure. Thank you for the question, Jane. Uh, we have a similar one. Obviously, there's a lot of quarantine questions, which makes sense. It's the only thing happening on Earth right now. Uh, this one is from Aaron Stern, and I like it because it's very vague. Let's just kind of paint with, a, with a, a wide brush here. What do you think the Mariners are up to during quarantine? What is their favorite thing to cook during social isolation? Uh, Kate, as our uh, our a resident sort of Instagram lurker yeah. on all the players' pages, you might have actual concrete answers to this. I know. I mean, uh, you know, it was weird because at first everyone was very, very, like, posty all the timey, but now that's gone a little... Uh, obviously, people don't have anything to post of, so it's just them kind of um, hanging out at home, doing various things. Uh... And they're basically doing, I mean, baseball players are kind of boring. So they're doing exactly what you expect they're doing. They're cooking healthy food. They're getting their work in, lifting weights, throwing into nets, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I would like to shout out, if you do want to follow a player on Instagram, Jack Anderson, um, the submarine pitcher. I feel like it's appropriate that he has, like, the most interesting Instagram. But his Instagram is kind of a work of art like he he's very clever about the way he places his text when he's like writing captions for pictures um and he did a series yesterday on building a box for box jumps or whatever again something boring but he made it interesting and funny so um i think it is at the jandy man uh which again sort of tells you what kind of humor you you can be expecting there but yeah he's one of i I wouldn't go so far as to say he's my favorite follow just because he doesn't post a ton but he whenever he posts I am always like yes I can't wait to see what you have to say which is not um always the reaction um what do I th and then you know there's Marco who is like a, a pretty constant poster so there's really no question about what he's doing like he's walking his dog at Alki and he's eating giant bowls of like barley greens eggs avocado like that seems to be what he eats for every single meal which i'm sure is very healthy but also um i would be so bored of that by now 
I'm already getting bored of the food that I bought, and like it was just from one grocery. Run, you know, <laughs> I can't imagine if that was what he was truly eating all year, like even when he's not quarantining. Yeah, I think because his wife is like a fitness person, that's when they eat at home, and they eat at home a, a fair amount. Um, that's that's what they eat. I guess theoretically you could mix it up with a lot of things, but man, I would just really be wanting like a big old slice of pizza after a while. Uh, and, you know, there's a famous saying in, in teaching, nobody talks about their bad days. Like, whenever you read sort of um, case studies or whatever, or narrations from people talking about their lessons, they don't ever talk about the failures. They always talk about the successes. So maybe it's similar. Like, you, you post the really good stuff and not, like, the cheat foods so much, uh, cultivating that image and all. Uh, I have been cooking a lot and making a lot of different things, but it does, it's a very delicate balance, right? Like figuring out how often you can go to the grocery store and like still kind of feel safe and then just slowly facing down another night of like boxed macaroni and cheese. Like, um, it, it's hard to kind of introduce. And I imagine if I was an athlete and like very concerned about my nutrition, that would be even more of a challenge. Right. I, I have my my go-tos that I know that I won't mess up and also that I know I can get at the store now. Like, I'm not really going to go in there and, like, search for very specific ingredients. Like, I'm getting things that I can use over and over. So I definitely did the, like, absolutely obscene pot of pasta that's like will last five days and i'm still working uh, yes. through that you know the magic pot, pot of pasta good call yeah so that's just in various tupperwares in my fridge and then i bought like a bunch of chicken to keep in the freezer and i'll just defrost that and cook it up with different spices that i already have i haven't gotten to the point yet where i'm like looking up like intricate recipes you know because i'm trying to just i don't want to like be reminded that these are weird times you know I'm trying to keep yeah. as much normalcy as possible so it's like might as well kind of cook the things that you already were doing and know that you're good at rather than because also the other thing is like meals are like such a hinge of the day now and like mm. that's all I really look forward to or like that's how I kind of measure time so then if you screw up one of the meals it's like uh well that was a huge portion of the day that is now ruined you know what I mean <laughs> like I don't want the whole dinner that I was looking forward to all day to then become a disappointment and think about like, oh, what, I, what am I going to make tomorrow to replace this, you know? So I've been keeping it very simple. I'm also not a good cook, so that's the other reason for it. But the grocery store thing is tough because, like you said, it is kind of a weird environment to be in just because there's so many other people. But then there's also the, like, you don't want to take, like, necessary things away from people who like desperately need them whereas I just want them but then also also this is the least important is you have to like plan it out in terms of when they restock you know like you have to kind yeah. of figure out like when they're gonna have the stuff you need because I've definitely had the problem many times during this where you go in and like something that they had yesterday is now completely gone it's like well when did you restock this like I need to know I need to figure out what time to be here so I can make sure I get the freshest stuff and that's been tough and also i tried to do that with not food with uh you know those those fuzzy posters that you color in that are all like psychedelic and stuff yes yes i was trying to buy one of those to pass the time because i remember doing one in high school and just thinking it was a lot of fun and bartels was out of them so other people have <laughs> had the exact same idea that i've had 
Yeah, um, I would just like to issue an open plea to everyone to please stop making sourdough bread starters because you're buying all the flour. I've tried so many times to find flour and like, I need flour. I need flour for for baking actual, for cooking recipes, like for for thickening sauces. Like flour has so many uses and I just, I don't know if you know how much flour is involved in a sourdough starter, but it is a lot. Like it's like a cup a day for the first week or so. And that's just a ton of flour to be burning through for something that like, you are not you are going to let die after the pandemic is over like the sourdough starter is going to get stuck in the back of the fridge and be away so anyway i just ask people to think really carefully about whether or not they need that to to have that sourdough starter uh and be feeding it with flour constantly because that's it started out just like mildly annoying that I couldn't find flour and I expected it to pass and I was like, ah, oh, flour will come back in. Like, you know, people, you can only go through so much flour at a time, not realizing that everyone was making sourdough starter, which will consume your flour supply very quickly. So just please, people, please, people, be smart, be sensible. Um, I have yeah. been doing a lot of cooking. I am a pretty good cook, but... I think it's a lot about the recipes that you have that you like I I know enough about cooking that I know if a recipe is gonna work or not and I can fix it midway uh, I do wor- worry about people like my friend Ian who I don't think has cooked for himself ever maybe like he went from college to you know kind of a life of like eating out and he works for Google so he they have a cafeteria and he just eats all his meals there like literally his fridge is uh beer and condiments most of the time so i do like wonder about how he's getting along and how everyone who doesn't know how to cook are getting along right now especially people who live alone so uh hit me up on twitter if that is you i will give you some easy recipes too easy no fail recipes and actually matthew i'll give you some too because uh, I don't Perfect. want you to have to eat your giant pot of pasta for a week at a time. Well, thank you. That's very nice. Um, I will do it. I will eat the pasta. I will eat your recipe. I will take anything that I can right now. But I also want to say on a somewhat serious note, like, I think it's very easy right now to like, especially if you're on Twitter, which I'm sure most of us listening to this are like, you're seeing all of this stuff about like what people are doing, or, like how they're using this time to do X, Y, Z, whatever. I think it's very important to remember that like you don't have to do anything. Like no. obviously mm-hmm. with this much time, it's sort of natural to think, what can I do with this? But if you don't have anything that like really compels you, you don't have to do it. Like the sourdough starter thing is being shoved down America's throat right now. And like, I know that I'm never, ever, ever quarantine <laughs> or not. There's no chance that I ever do that. And like, I'm 100% at peace with that. You know, and people are saying like, now's a great time to learn to cook, which it is like, if you want to do that, that's your prerogative. Go ahead. But also like, you can just eat the box mac and cheese if that's what makes you happy. It goes back to that thing I said at the very beginning, like do whatever works for you. You don't feel obligated to learn a bunch of new skills that in all actuality you will probably dump as soon as real life starts again yes philip larkin talking about poetry centered the pleasure principle which is like above all else a poem should give you pleasure which is something that's kind of been debated and with people saying like no poetry also has a political part 
thing that poetry should discomfort you in some ways but he's talking about just like the language should bring you pleasure in some way and you can do that through rhyme schemes not rhyming formal not formal do what makes you happy do what do what brings you pleasure and don't feel like yeah I think that especially because everybody you're only seeing people's lives through social media right now in large parts um you're seeing them over zoom calls everyone is able to present just like the tiny slice of life that they want to or feel like they need to right now and I know that I have on my own twitter account been like here's the thing that I'm doing in quarantine that helps. Here's a craft that I did that is very easy. Like I'm trying to be useful and provide suggestions or ideas just because that's how I feel like I can be the most useful in a quarantine. Like I am a teacher by nature. I, I want to be a helper. So if I can offer ideas, that is, that's very much my response in like, uh, when something goes wrong, I want to, offer ideas about how to make things better and uh or offer ideas that I feel like could help and I feel like that is valid and also wanting to just curl up in a ball and sleep a lot of the time is also valid uh as long again as long as like it's not distressing you you're not having your quality of life diminished by how much you're sleeping right like do you want to sleep 10 hours a night right now go ahead do it literally this is your time to do that and don't feel bad about it yeah there's certainly nothing wrong with sharing whatever you're doing encouraging others to do so but if you're on the receiving end of that it's also 1000 percent okay to just say no thank you <laughs> i'm not gonna do any <laughs> of these things you know yeah like it, i i was just gonna say i think that watching tv or whatever like they get sort of this connotation of like doing nothing but if that is your doing something like if that is what you look forward to it's what you were planning on doing and that's like you then do that it doesn't matter if it's not necessarily productive in the way that america has conditioned us to think about productivity yes uh, i think too like it's not doing that it's not being passive when you're watching tv or watching a show or something i mean there are different kinds of watching tv right like i'm not out here trying to argue that love is blind is gonna change your life in any important ways <laughs> maybe it will i don't know uh who am i to say really but there's a there are a lot of different kinds of there's what there's comfort tv which i have definitely have been re-watching cheers which i watched on in like reruns as a kid because that's very comforting to me right now am i getting anything out of cheers no no, there is no, like, uh, value that I am deriving from watching here, other than it's very comforting. It feels like my childhood, and um, it's I, I don't have to engage in it, really. It's not like watching prestige television or something that is more challenging. So, yeah, recognizing there are, there are a lot of different ways that you're engaging with media and materials right now, and um, that each of them can serve a different purpose. Absolutely. Also, on that note, Go I'm going to say I'm not interested in watching old baseball games. And I have been guilting myself over this fact. Like, I see an ad for, like, oh, we're going to do a big rewatch of the 2010 something or other. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Does that make me a bad baseball fan? Like, I don't want to go back and rewatch parts of this history. No, it's because it really, that makes me sad. Like, it makes me 
sad to go watch old baseball games and know that there's no baseball. Oh, I'm feeling like emotional just talking about it. For some reason, watching the old versions doesn't warm my heart. It makes me very sad. So giving myself yeah. permission as somebody who runs a baseball site not to engage in that and be like I feel in some ways like I'm I'm kind of not doing what I'm supposed to be doing I should be like leading this engagement leading this charge and and getting everyone to watch it with us but I I can't I don't want to it hurts my heart so um a big part of what I've been working through over the quarantine is like just giving myself permission not to engage with baseball at least the old version of it right now. I get it. Yeah. I, th- I think that like the rewatch is, it, this is a nice pocket for rewatching things cause there's not much else to do. So like I have been doing that with TV and movies and a couple baseball games here and there, but I totally understand how like being reminded that there's nothing live happening can have sort of that adverse effect where you're like, well, this is cool. I'm enjoying watching baseball again, but it's it's not the same as like what could be happening. You know, yeah. there's a lot of reminders of what could or should or would be happening if the pandemic hadn't happened. I will also say that in addition to rewatching stuff, I've been using this time, like I said, to kind of discover new things like watching a lot of documentaries. I watched the documentary about Casey Anthony because oh. I was a child. <laughs> I was a child when that trial was happening, oh so I remember God. it tangentially, and that shit is bananas. So if any of you have, if any of you have Hulu, there's a three-part documentary about Casey Anthony that uh, I liked. I'm not going to tell you whether or not you should watch it because I know we just spent 20 minutes saying that it's not the time to to guilt people into watching things. But if you need something to watch, that Casey Anthony documentary, especially if you're like me, you don't remember it happening in real time, it is a fascinating thing to dive into. And also, um, while we're here, listen to old podcasts. <laughs> Look out, Landing Podcast is a rich text, folks. It's true. We have so many that, I mean, you can go back and listen to the Art Warren one, which is so interesting. I mean, that was just a couple years ago, and now we have, now here he is in the majors. Um, yeah, we have a whole whole backlog. Although, again, if that, if it, hearing people talk about live baseball is, is sad to you, then obviously avoid that if that's a trigger. Um, I wanted to also talk about, and I meant to address this at the top of the show, but um, MLB's plan to play the whole season in Arizona, which currently I feel like is much more remote than the amount of coverage it's being given represents. Like, I think it is on the table as a possible idea, but because it is the only thing that is on the table that's being talked about as like a, a real solution outlets have kind of seized it and are giving it a lot of coverage and um i feel like the possibility of it is very very remote just because logistically i i mean it's a it's an idea that would work in theory but i think logistically once they start trying to figure out just even do we have enough hotel rooms in the phoenix area for all these players can we safely put players in an outdoor stadium in july in arizona I think that that's going to start to really, uh, yeah, it's just the the fatal flaws of the plan will start to show through. But I was interested in what you thought of that, Matthew, and how, so on the scale of one being like a snowflake's chance in hell to 10 being like, yes, this is definitely the direction I think they're going to go in. I would put it at like a 2.5, maybe a 3. 
probably. Yeah, I was gonna say two. I was gonna say two. I think it's an awful plan. I didn't read the whole thing. I kind of skimmed it and saw the you know the main talking points that people were bringing up. And mainly, the main one is like, yeah, they're not gonna be able to play outdoor baseball in August in Arizona. Like the only reason that Chase Field works is because it has the roof and it's I would assume air conditioned and all that. Like making them play at a minor league stadium or whatever, like, you know, Arizona State, wherever they can find a stadium in the middle of the summer feels like a punishment rather than a reward. <laughs> like, the, the reward at the end of this should be baseball again, not a cheapened version of it that they're doing just so they don't lose all of their money. So, yeah, it's an awful plan. Uh, yeah. I honestly haven't given it much credence at all. I think it was – I think MLB knew they had to say something, so they were like, well, what if we did this? And everyone's like, mm, maybe not. So – like, I get why something had to come out, but I think that it was pretty short-sighted. I don't think they put a lot of thought into it. Like you said, logistically, it doesn't make any sense from a hotel standpoint. I mean, like, how would you do any of it? It is, yeah, it's a bad plan. So uh, I don't have very full thoughts on it because I haven't given much attention to it. But yeah. it's definitely, it's not going to happen and it shouldn't happen, frankly. I don't, I again, and that's why it's the end of the show and we're talking about it because I don't feel like there's a strong possibility, but I do feel like every time I log on to Twitter, I see some article that's reacting to it. Again, a huge part of this is like, this is just what people have to talk about right now. So it's getting a lot more coverage than I think uh, an actually serious plan would. So, uh, you know, a little... Don't don't let the amount of saturation of this idea that you see lead you to believe that this is uh, something that will probably happen. And also, I'll tell you right off the bat, all those articles are the same. They all say this is a stupid idea because it is. So, right. And I have seen a couple players on Twitter who are like, if it makes, if it's like, if we can play baseball, I'm all for it. But you also have to remember that like that's all these people know. Like obviously they're gonna say they want to play baseball. A lot of them probably didn't even read the whole plan. They just heard that we could do a season in Arizona, and they were like, okay, sure, if it's healthy. I think Nolan Arenado's. I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, as long as it's safe, I'm down. And it's like, no, dude, like that's going to make people think that it's like a much better plan than it actually is, especially if you're someone of his caliber who has, you know, he's one of the 20 best players in the game. Like people are going to listen to him. So I don't think that that is doing anyone any good to ask the players because all they're going to do is say, yeah, I want to play baseball, whatever we can do to make it happen. Also, as long as it's safe is doing a ton of work in that sentence. (laughs) is uh, right. important to recognize as well because obviously the definitions of what is safe is uh, highly objective or subjective right now so uh, yes. but you know oh. if anyone hasn't um, go read Matthew's this sucks and I hate it piece on lookoutlanding.com um, which I felt like was a very it was uh, a cathartic read because it helped to read a lot Will it make you feel better? Not necessarily, but it was cathartic because it kind of says in print a lot of the feelings that I have in my heart that I can't always say to myself during the day because then I'll start being sad about there being no baseball again. So uh, sometimes it's important to find healthy outlets and and that's definitely one of them. That and um, your ability to what is a pretty tough situation with jokes which I really appreciate Matthew I wouldn't mind being quarantined with you 
Thank you. That's very kind. Uh, yeah, and you basically nailed it. I mean, the whole reason I wrote that was because I just had a bunch of thoughts that I couldn't really... They were just rattling around in my head for so long, and I don't have anyone to talk to. Like, obviously, I can call people on the phone, whatever, Like, but you know what I mean. There's no one physically here with me, so I was like, I just need to get this all out on paper, and it's much easier for me to express full thoughts, at least, in writing rather than verbally. So yeah, for sure. that is what you got. It's like 1,400 words of me just saying this all sucks, <laughs> but... Yeah, go read it if you feel so compelled, but also, like we've been saying the whole time, if you want to avoid it, I would understand that too. We can say with full certainty that listening to podcasts is totally fine for your health. There's nothing dangerous <laughs> about this. We are not even even in the same part of the city, so we're very far apart. This is CDC-approved podcast, and we thank you for listening and for submitting questions, as that was the only thing we really had keeping us uh, afloat during these times. It's hard to kiss get on here and freestyle so the questions are nice little train tracks to get us in the right direction yes thank you for listening even though there is no baseball and knowing that every time you click and download the podcast it helps support the site and it helps us so uh thank you thank you thank you from the bottom of our hearts and stay safe out there exactly everything kate said read look out landing subscribe to this podcast if you like it download old episodes and that will help us make more and do more stuff on the site for as long as there's no baseball and then hopefully into the season whenever that is when there's real baseball but uh, we're gonna keep doing this and hope you keep listening and goodbye goodbye take care I've got some issues that nobody can see And all of these emotions are pouring out of me I bring them to the life in you It's only right This is the soundtrack to my life The soundtrack to my life